now rocking with Matt and Dez. Let's go. Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. Matt and Dez Gonzalez are the founders of Kingdom Culture Ministries, a nonprofit organization that specializes in training, consulting, and resourcing leaders. Join them as they talk about life, family, faith, and all things prophetic. Now let's get to today's episode of the Matt and Dez Experience. Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. And on today's episode, you are in for a treat. We have one of our great friends, Brian Orm, in the house. We're going to be talking about the topic of going from scarcity to security. And it is wild, you guys. We've known the Orms for how long, babe? You know, we were trying to figure that out today and figured that we have known them for 15 years now. Yeah. Amazing. You know, we first met them when we were both doing campus ministry years ago. They were in Utah. We were doing campus ministry in Stockton and went out there and helped them with an outreach. And ever since, we've just been great friends. And actually, Brian is on our board of directors for our nonprofit ministry. So we've just, he's been in our lives and we just love you and Cecily and the Orm family. Yes, we do. And you know, one thing about Brian, if you do not follow him on social media, first of all, go do that right now. It's a must, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. He has such a gift on his life. And the way I would describe it is, well, he has a revelation of the mystical side of God's nature and he communicates it in such a practical, tangible way. And I just love the gift and the revelation he brings to us as the body of Christ. So I just so honor you, Brian. And today, Matt and Brian have a conversation about going from scarcity to security. You guys are going to enjoy it. So let's get into it. What is up, Brian? How you doing, man? Hey, this is going to be fun. Hey, if you guys don't know who Brian Orm is, you got to get to know him. Brian, for the listener listening today who may may have never heard of Brian Orm and doesn't know anything about Brian Orm, who are you and uh, what do you do? Well, we've been friends a long time. We met when we were both doing university ministry. My wife and I did that for 21 years on three different university campuses, three different cities. And now we continue to disciple alumni that are all over the world, wreaking havoc on darkness and advancing the kingdom of light. And we also do online mentorship stuff with mystical mentorship, do a lot of speaking. I'm an author and just, you know, destroying the works of the devil. (laughs) What don't you do? One of my favorite activities. And you're all the way from the San Diego area. Yeah, man. Paradise. (laughs) I know. I I think it's, I heard John Maxwell say one time, there's heaven and then there's San Diego. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So, Brian, as you were saying earlier, I I think the first time I met you was when we did a a campus outreach. I came with Sean Smith. You and uh, Cicely were the campus directors in, in Utah. I believe it was 2003-ish, if I'm right. Around 2003, came out, and we were both campus directors of campus ministries for an organization, same organization, and uh, we just hit it off. I remember it was just, it was was amazing, and uh, we've done some amazing things together, but uh, I remember one time when you guys brought us out, I mean, we have to share this testimony. We have to share this testimony. You were, um, at this time, you were the campus director for uh, UCSD, and uh, you brought me out for a, uh, I believe it was one of your main services on campus, if that was correct, but kind of, was it the outreach too, or was it your main service? I think it was a monthly gathering we did, and what interesting thing was we usually would use a specific room that we couldn't get 
And so we were actually in the very center of campus in the main building and in the center of that building when this happened. (laughs) Yeah. So so I'm in the hotel room getting ready because I'm going to be speaking that night for Brian and their group and uh, just, you know, spending some time with the Lord. And I hear the Lord say this phrase, you've seen heaven invade earth, but what you're going to see is earth invade heaven that you guys are going to step into heaven tonight. And at the time, I had no clue what that meant. I mean, it, it kind of rocked me. I was like, okay. <laughs> it was one of those riddles. You know how when God speaks to you, sometimes he'll speak to you like in a riddle, like, okay, that was awesome, but can you give me some definition to what that <laughs> means? And so we get into the room, and uh, you have you guys always have had amazing worship teams apart ever since I've known you from Utah to uh, you know all the way to San Diego just the different worship teams that you guys have developed and part of it is because you guys just live that worship lifestyle I love it you and Cecily. And so it was an amazing worship. Some of the best worship I, I, I can ever remember encountering in a in a service. And so I'm getting ready to come up and speak. And right before I'm about to come speak, I start seeing these flashes of light take off all over the room. Like almost the best way I can describe it is almost like if something was shining, but also it also like somebody was taking pictures. And I'm like thinking like, okay, there's no one flashing cameras. There's no flash photography going on. And it was kind of freaking me out. And I remember at the time, I think you were up about the transition and I remember making eye contact with you. It was almost like we made eye contact. It was just like, okay, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Are you seeing this too? Which we later dialogued and you were seeing the same thing happening in the room. Absolutely. There was a lot of activity in the room. (laughs) It was so crazy. And I just knew that there was angelic activity happening in the room because that's really what was taking place. And so I remember coming up and uh, I just remember getting into a prophetic flow. It was like a really, really strong prophetic flow. I remember beginning the the media prophesying to the campus, prophesying uh, to San Diego about a a sign about the octopus uh, tentacles on the campus, but there was going to be a sign in the physical of an octopus coming or or a squid or something to that extent, if I I remember right. Yeah. And then then something came out of my mouth where it's one of those moments where it just kind (laughs) of comes out your mouth and you're like, oh, wait, can I pull that back? It was just like a God moment. (laughs) And I remember at that moment prophesying about signs and wonders and that there were going to be like gemstones or different things that were going to begin to take place as a sign to what God was going to do on the campus because he was going to make these students a sign and wonder to a people. I mean, it was something to that extent. And when it came out of my mouth, I'm thinking like, what was that? <laughs> and then next thing you know, a girl in the service starts screaming. Oh, yeah. And you want to take it away from there, Brian? <laughs> yeah, two girls in particular were on the ground, and they started immediately picking stuff up off the carpet. From the distance we were standing at, it looked like diamonds. <laughs> so I walked over, and in this girl's hand, there's what this looks like kind of milky crystals. Yeah. <laughs> and if that wasn't crazy enough, they started multiplying in her hand in front of her eyes. Her <laughs> hand was, was covered in oil. It was crazy. No oil in the room. And then they started multiplying all over the ground. I mean, hundreds of these things. Mm. And then they started appearing in the middle of the air and dropping out of thin air onto the ground. <laughs> Probably the most skeptical guy. And keep in mind, there are believers in this yeah. room. There are skeptics in this room. There are unbelievers in this room. Atheists, right? Yeah, there was a whole mix. <laughs> it was crazy. College campus. It's a college it campus. A church. It wasn't a church. It was a college campus <laughs> meeting with college students. <laughs> In the back of the room is probably the most skeptical guy. The largest crystal of the night appears right above his head, falls into his hair. <laughs> He's trying to pick it out. And I walked back to him and said, hey, so what do you think of this, buddy? And that rocked it rocked a lot of people's life. I remember yeah. one girl in particular that's still involved with us. Wow. 
she came back to God. She was running from God. Come on. And that was such a sign and a wonder to her wow. that God is real. Wow. That she just came back to Him. It's amazing. Well, and I think that's, to me, is really the fruit of all this. Because sometimes people have a, they have a problem when, when stuff happens like this. But to me, every time I've ever seen a manifestation that you can't explain, there is always a life being transformed around it. Mm-hmm. And I think, to me, that's the fruit. I mean, when, yeah. when something like that happens, it leaves an impact of transformation in your life and just to see the students uh, begin to be impacted and, and transform and even coming, I mean, making decisions to serve Christ. I mean, that was just... Absolutely. That's amazing. Well, <laughs> I can't wait for this conversation because this is an ongoing conversation we've had over the years. And, and uh, you know, one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is we want to start conversations because I believe one conversation can change the narrative. It only takes one conversation to change a narrative. One of the reasons why we're doing this podcast And an ongoing conversation that we've had been on this topic of scarcity to security, going from scarcity to security, and how even the concept sometimes of, you know, coming out of poverty or, you know, was Jesus poor? You know, uh, is it wrong to have money? Is it wrong to, to be blessed? And then this whole other topic of like, unless you're suffering, you know, you have to be poor, lowly and suffer because that's going to give God the most glory. And we've had this conversation. And I know you've put up some Facebook posts <laughs> that kind of stirred up the, the beehive, if you could say, <laughs> and got some conversation started. So let's talk about this today, Brian. I, I want to talk. I mean, there's just some revelation that you carry. And to me, it's not just revelation. You guys are actually walking this out. I've seen you over the years. Uh, not only are you my best friend, but uh, we've been through you know gr- good times, bad times. I mean, we've 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 been through it all together uh, with you and Cecily, and be able to see it and just to see you guys always be the same through everything, and and just that courage and that confidence, and just the way you guys love people so well, and, and just create family. Let's talk about this because I want you to mm. kind of open this up, this discussion, this conversation, scarcity. <laughs> to security. So let's talk about this. Well, I'll tell you, out of the, all the Facebook posts I do, the <laughs> one that gets me the most, ha- wreaks the most havoc for me is money. <laughs> I've actually tracked the metrics on this. The most comments that I get, the most derogatory comments are surrounding around finances. Oh, and man. I think it's really revealing because a lot of people have a, a skewed view of money. They have a belief that the more poor they are, the more glory God mm-hmm. is getting, the more yep. spiritual they are. Yep. And so we probably should just start with, was Jesus poor? <laughs> I mean, was the guy poor? So we have this verse, and I can't pull up the reference off the top of my head, but in Corinthians where it says, he became poor so that we could become rich. Mm. Of course, talking about Jesus, and people take that verse to build a theology on wow. it. But what they're missing is Jesus is coming from a world where they are walking on our greatest resource, which is gold. Yep. And the gold is so pure in his world that it's clear as crystal. There's no impurities. And not only are they constructing pavement, they're building walls. The New Jerusalem is described as pure gold, clear as crystal. Come on, bro. So when it says Jesus became poor, that is true according to the standard of which he was coming from. When he came into our world, he became poor because the world he's coming from is complete and utter obese abundance. And so then you have to look at, okay, well, when Jesus was in the earth, was he poor? Mm. 
So then you have Jesus being born. We have magi that are traveling after he's born. Yeah, it's true. With gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? And so the Christmas songs traditionally, like the three wise men, it's like, well, if you look historically at these groups of people, the magi, they, they traveled in pretty large groups. Now, we can speculate what the size of that group is, but it's no more than three people. We know that. <laughs> and so if yeah. you have a lot of people, and the other indicator of this is King Herod is freaking out at people crossing his border with money. If there's oh. a wealth transfer, why is he going to freak out if it's just a few people with a few pieces of gold? Wow. He's going to freak out if it's a lot of gold coming across his border with a lot of people. That's true. And so the Magi find Jesus, of course. They follow a star and they find him. They give him gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which is really a trust fund for Jesus and his family. They're giving him a trust fund. <laughs> I love that perspective. Yeah. And then when Jesus is doing ministry, one, out of the wealthy women, he was supported by wealthy women. It talks about yeah. in the book of Luke. Yep. And one of those was the steward of Herod who would have had access to millions of dollars. Now, any of you parents out there, if you've ever gone on vacation for a couple of weeks or a week, it's expensive. Oh, food, lodging. Imagine 12 grown men for three years. You're traveling all around. You're feeding these guys for three years. Mm. That's a ton of money. Dudes eat. So it would have taken and a lot of resources. <laughs> they eat a lot. And then there's the cloak that Jesus wore. Why in the world would the Romans be casting lots for a cloak after Jesus died? Oh, that's true. Have you ever wondered that? Well, his cloak would have been worth, in our money, about ten dollars to $15,000. And the reason for that is every rabbi had a cloak with tassels on the end, and some of those tassels were dipped in blue dye. Blue dye took ten to 12,000 sea snails to make one thimble of blue dye. And so that one thimble of blue dye was $45,000 in our money. That's crazy. So his cloak would have been dipped, the tassels in this blue dye, which is why his... His cloak would have been ten to fifteen thousand dollars a piece. I'm sure he didn't just have one in a three year period. He probably had multiples. So now you can see why the Romans are wanting this cloak. It's worth wow. a lot of money. And so Jesus was not poor by any stretch of the imagination and does he, he doesn't get any glory in us being poor. Now Come Jesus on. loves the poor and he ministered to the poor and he even said you'll always have the poor among you, right? But that's not the standard of our life in Christ. You know, mm -hmm. Psalm thirty-five twenty-seven says, The Lord be magnified who delights in the poverty, I'm sorry, in the prosperity <laughs> of his servant. He delights in the prosperity of his servant. Wow. He takes delight. delight when you're prospering. If you want to see the delight of the Father, then prosper. Mm. It's like he loves it when his children prosper. Again, if you're a parent, you want your children to go way beyond what you've experienced in the earth. Yeah. Maybe you grew up and you just you had to work as hard as you could to make as, as little as, as what was yep. happening. And now your children, it's like, I want you to, to make way more than I make. It's like, that's the desire of a true mother and a father. And how much does our Heavenly Father desire for us? Wow, that is so good. Well, I mean, think about why, why have we believed this for so long? I mean, it's, it's just interesting because, you, you know, I see it so much in Christianity. There, there's just like 
pendulums. It's like they live on one side. It's like, you know, poverty. You want to be, you're glorifying God, like you said earlier, but then you have this other side where it's just like, you know, the, the financial side where it can be abusive sometimes. And I know yeah. people, you know, I've, I've seen that. You've seen that. But it's just interesting how scarcity is more of a reality to people as believers. That And, it, and, it's, and it's paralyzing us. It's actually really keeping us from influence. It's a fear of money that it's somehow mm. going to take over. <laughs> and if whatever you fear has dominion anyways. That's I mean, good. It's, all money does is it just reveals what you believe. Ooh. So <laughs> it's like the people who get the, they win the lottery. Yeah. And they spend it all in like six months. Yep. I mean, it's like a huge amount of money. And it's like they're buying like three gold thrones that they have in a shed. It's like, <laughs> why are you buying three gold thrones? But because... What they believe hasn't changed. Money just reveals it. And what it reveals is they don't think there's enough as so they just spend. They don't think about the future. Mm. They're not thinking about multiplication and reproduction, which is the wisdom piece. You know, when you look at the Israelites, because the other side of the pendulum is you, uh, the Israelite is kind of a, a pattern for people. Yeah. Where they're like, well, you know, God provided this miracle, financial miracle, like, which is awesome when he does that. But that's not supposed to be a lifestyle. That's good. You know, th- the desert for them was not supposed to be where they were. Mm. <laughs> but then we make that as a life. Like, well, I'm just barely getting along and God will provide. Well, yeah, so if we good. seek his kingdom, he'll provide what we need. But then he's given us power, Deuteronomy 8.18, to create wealth. Yep. And that's where the wisdom comes in. We need miracles, but wisdom and miracles together equals wealth creation. Yep. And the purpose of abundance is to bless. Mm. bless the nations to advance the kingdom in the earth it's not our stuff anyways it's just stuff the money is just stuff that's good it's a tool but it makes life easier in a lot of ways yeah that's true well i think it's interesting too because like a game changer for me was about four or five years ago i can't remember i want to say it was around four or five years ago we took a team overseas to a trip to romania and we met a messianic rabbi and I got to sit down and have some time with him. And he forever, I mean, just in this moment, so impacted me through an unlocking of scripture in the area of abundance and favor. Because he said, you know, the Jewish mindset was that, you know, I want to have wealth. I want to have prosperity because it's a sign to the world that God is with me. And he began to break all these like scriptures down that I've never seen before in, in this context. And it rocked me. Like mm. it, it like it, it broke it broke something in me that I really didn't realize that I that I had. You know, it was a mindset. It really was a mindset. But I, I love what you said because, you know, I've heard both sides of the you know, both sides of the coin about po- poverty and then about wealth and you know, I think a lot of people they say the name and the claim it, whatever it is. But I really love the heart that you're sharing behind this. That it is just stuff, but it's to be a blessing that we could actually, I mean, people want to talk about the billion man harvest that's supposed to happen. Well, how much money is that going to take? Yeah. We, we, we need a billion dollars for the billion man harvest. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and so it's so interesting how we can talk big, but think small. Yeah. And so I, I love this. I love it. Well, I mean, hey, would you, you mind sharing some more? Because this is good. This is really, <laughs> really good. And I just know, uh, you know, I, I think I really do believe we're going to have testimonies from uh, this episode of something shifting, something breaking, a mindset. Because I, I really do believe we have to come into this. It, it, it's a must that we we leave scarcity 
and we come in security. But I mean, I, I do believe many times that is tied to an orphan mindset. Oh, absolutely. I mean, orphan mindset is the foundation is fear. Mm-hmm. We're afraid. And so I referenced that a lot of people are afraid of money. Religion teaches you to be afraid of money. Wow. That it's more powerful than you. That if you get more money, that you're then going to fail. Wow. So what we're empowering is we're saying that that money has more powerful has more power than who we are in Christ, and that's mm. just a complete myth. But we have to address mindsets. You wow. know, the scarcity mindset is huge. It's you know a, a good indicator to know if we're functioning in this is how do you react when someone is blessed or gets a breakthrough in the very thing you've been contending for? <laughs> that is good. So let's use finances, for example. I mean, you've been contending, you've been sowing seed, you've been tithing, you've been doing everything you know you're supposed to do. And then you have some guy on the corner here who's just bumbling along and favor just drops on him and inheritance of the past maybe comes to his life. It's like, hey, I just got an inheritance I never knew about. I mean, is your immediate reaction like, thank you, God, that you blessed him? Or is it Mm. like, well, where am I? Yeah. Did you forget about me? Because the belief is there's not enough to go around. That's true. You know, if they're getting blessed, if they're getting a breakthrough, I mean, even take it outside the context of money here, any breakthrough, if there's a belief that I, I believe in an orphan, then you don't think there's enough. A true orphan believes there isn't enough to go around. And our father is abundant because when he feeds people, there's leftovers. That's good. There's no reason for That's leftovers good. when everybody's full. That is so good. You know, I even feel like this mindset, Brian, it goes in, I mean, it, it, it's really, you know, when I talk about the gospel, I like to tell people what the gospel simply is, is sons and daughters going out to find family members and telling them we found daddy and he's so much better than you can imagine or think. Hmm. It's going into an orphan planet, into the world system and letting them know, hey, we have good news. We found daddy and he's so much better. But part of it, and even in our system. So one of the things I like to teach on is the measurement within the kingdom compared to the measurement of the world. Because in the world, it's it's supply and demand. Yeah. That's the measurement. But in the kingdom, the kingdom only has one measurement. It's increase. Mm-hmm. I mean, God said, let there be light. You see, I mean, science is still telling us that things are being created all the way from the beginning. So the natural aspect of the kingdom is increase. And if we are sons and daughters of the kingdom, we should expect increase in every area of our life. Yeah. And one of the things I, I, I think that's interesting is you just said it, an indicator. If we are connected to scarcity, if we're connected to an orphan mindset, it's hard for us to see increase, not only in our life, but to see it in someone else's life. You see increase in someone else's life. It's like, hey, you know, I have one car and I need another car. Let's just, let's just say that. For, I've seen this happen time and time again. I, you know, I have one car that's working and, and you know, our family's growing. We need another car, another vehicle. And so-and-so already has three cars, but I heard a testimony. Someone just gave him another car. There's a four car. They don't even <laughs> need cars. And it's like, what the heck? Why did they get another car when I'm struggling with one car? But I think that's the mindset I've seen. It's yeah. like you can't rejoice. You can't have gratitude. I mean, gratitude and thankfulness is a posture that helps us to come into increase. But uh, I think that's, I love I love this conversation. Well, and the increase too, I mean, how does a city rejoice? It rejoices when the righteous prosper. Yes. So it's like, if you want the city you're in rejoicing, then prosper. Mm. Prosper in health, prosper in whatever you're putting your hands to. This also includes money. Come on. Let there be prosperity. Let that be a sign and a wonder of a good, loving, and abundant father. That's good. That the city would erupt in rejoicing. Wow. 
Wow. What, what are some keys that you could release right now or just some, you know, some thoughts you have on, on how we can move from scarcity to security? We certainly have to address our mindsets. <laughs> I mean, I think another really big religious mindset, I really want to speak to those that may be in ministry as a vocation, mm. is that you, that a sign that you're really doing well in ministry is that you're poor. Ooh. And that there's something wrong if you're in ministry and you actually yeah. have resource. Yep. Um, that's just erroneous. Again, Jesus is a great example that we already talked about. But I think another one, probably a huge area of flack I've gotten is when I talk about um, people being used by God and getting resource as a result of that. Yeah. And people say, well, you're using the gifts to make money. And I'll say, okay. So I usually ask, what do you do for a living? <laughs> And they'll tell me, you know, I'm, I'm doing this or that. And I said, so w when you go to work, did you give yourself the hands to use? <laughs> did you give yourself the legs through which you yeah. walk to work inside? Did you give yourself a brain yeah. in order to think and have strategy? That's so good. Every part of your life is a gift. You're using everything you are making money from is a result of using the gifts That's God good. gave you. I mean, everyone on the planet, whether they acknowledge God or not, are making money as a result of using what God gave them. That's good. And so we have to shift the mindset from, you know, well, this is secular, this is sacred. It's like, look, it's, it's all spiritual, what mm -hmm. we're doing. And so if I use this for the glory of God, my purpose is I want to bless. Mm. Things are going to increase. It, again, the money, it's revealing what you believe. If, if you're a miser, if you're a penny pusher, more money is going to make you more of that. If mm -hmm. you're greedy, more money is going to make you more greedy. So that's why the mindset has to begin to shift so that money can flow in its proper place and really flow through you to its proper place. That's so good because I... I mean, I was just thinking. I, one of the things I share because sometimes, you know, we uh, years ago we started a uh, prophetic consult. You invited me to be a part of a, a prophetic consultant agency uh, that you had started. Yeah. And uh, we are still doing prophetic consult. I know you're still doing prophetic consult. And I know since that time the agency has dissolved. Dissolved. But it's interesting because I get a lot of slack from that. Like, oh, you're charging for a prophetic word. And in the aspect, it's not, we're not just prophesying over people. Prophetic consultant is what you do. It's what a consultant does. But we bring the prophetic as part of that. Yeah. And, you know, consultants get paid. But I thought, you know, one of the things I like to say about this is that you know, a professional athlete, whether it be an NFL player, baseball player, basketball player, soccer player, like we pay money to go watch them, their talent, their gift. They got that from God, whether they know God or not, mm -hmm. it was a gift. And they're using that gift to be able to make money. Now, what they do with that money is going to be up to them. I mean, yeah. it's once again, it's up to us. What are we going to do with the money? And I, and I love this because I here's the other side of this coin is that, you know, you, you hear sometimes... People who are believers like, oh, once once I get my financial breakthrough, I'm going to write checks to this person. I'm <laughs> going to do this and I'm going to do that. I laugh at that because that's part of that mindset. No, you're not going to do it then if you're not doing it now. Right. Like one of the ways you can practice breaking that mindset is like, hey, don't wait till you get the financial breakthrough. Do it now. So now be that type of person now. So that way when it does happen, you're already prepared. We're waiting for like, it's like, like the spiritual lottery to happen for us. Like we're going to get the big blessing from heaven. Then I'm going to do this. No, <laughs> do it now. I think that's, I, I find that hilarious, bro. It's just like, we, we want to wait 
It's jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, man. I, I mean, this topic gets me stirred up, and uh, I can see why you probably get a lot of haters <laughs> on this. And I, I would ask, probably a lot of those haters, I I would say a lot of them probably aren't unbelievers, correct? No, most of them are <laughs> Christians who have religious panties up in a bunch. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. This is so good. Once again, we have to move from that place of scarcity to security. Would you talk about the security part a little bit? Because I know you have some really, really good uh, revelation just on, you know, that understanding of our security in Christ. Would you, would you just touch on that a little bit? Yeah, we were. I mean, our origin is Christ. We were in him before creation, says in Ephesians, you know, before the foundations of the world. Our, our origin is not Adam. You know, we were we were secure beca- before we could be insecure, mm. and so we've been brought back, born again, back to that place of security where all we can know is the stability of God. That's so good. The constancy of God that He He's not changing. He's He's not a flake. That's good. It's, he He is consistent in every season of our life. You know, if the market is tanking, the stock market is tanking, he's consistent. If the market is skyrocketing, he's consistent. That's good. He's remaining the same, his character and his nature. And so for us, it's like it's like the author of Hebrews. I have to set my focus on him. So that means, you know, well, what's it mean to fix my eyes on Jesus? I have to set my affection, my intention, the direction of my heart through which you see the eyes of your heart upon who he is. I began to feast upon who he is. There's actually a verse I wanted to read on that. This is so good. Uh, Psalm 36, 8 to 9. They relish and feast on the abundance of your house, and you cause them to drink of the stream of your pleasures, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. It's just feasting on the finished work of Christ. It's like all that he's accomplished, like, you know, back to money it's like if money's coming your way it's not like wow i made this happen there's yeah. there's no such thing as a self-made millionaire or a <laughs> self-made billionaire it's like it's the favor of god it's the grace which is divine energy that comes to us That's good. so that things can begin to happen and it goes beyond your pay grade it goes beyond your education level that's grace it goes beyond even your capacity and allows you to do things that you could never do on your own and it's simply sinking into that revelation of i can't get any more secure Mm. like insecurity is i've taken my eyes off of the very definition of security Mm. i've lost sight of who not only who he is who i am like the more i see him the more i see myself that's so good. Correctly. You know, I remember I was thinking about a time, you know, we both grew up campus uh, campus ministry, but we were actually campus missionaries. So part of the way we did campus ministry is that college students don't have money to be able to support us. <laughs> yeah. And so we had to, like missionaries, raise our own finances. And so part of that in our organization, we would uh, on the weekends go speak at churches. Mm-hmm. And I remember we, we had just bought a brand new Nissan Altima. It was brand new. We got blessed. And I remember I was afraid. It was that poverty. <laughs> I was afraid to drive to the church that was supporting us that morning that we were going to, because it was interesting. Cause I remember driving up right in our brand new car. Here comes the campus ministry, uh, campus ministry leaders. Here we are driving up. And I remember getting some of the dirtiest looks like, wait, you guys are missionaries? But you got a brand new Nissan Altima. Like I mean, it was it was those nooks. I, I remember even the pastor <laughs> saying something with that. I'm thinking like this is ridiculous. I shouldn't be afraid to be able 
to be blessed and enjoy it and not feel guilt or shame. Yeah. I mean, I think that was one of those mindsets, and I was just thinking about the so many times <laughs> that would happen at the campus. Ministry. You're like, it's like it's like we like we're expecting we're a campus ministry that we're supposed to like have like this beat up car that we're just making it like it's. <laughs> well, religion is serious business. It demands your serious attention. There's oh. not any place for joy. There's not place for freedom. That's good. There's not a place for enjoyment. That's so good. I mean, even enjoying God, it's like praying and reading the Bible become an obligatory task, void of life. That's not what God has set up. Well, I, I mean, you said it earlier. Here's a thought. Just, I mean, because this is a conversation. We're getting this conversation started, dropping some uh, revelation to your job, some amazing revelation. But think about this. Could it be that one of the, the if, if, if what we say is that Jesus was the model, he's the model of the normal Christian life. He came to model what was available in partnership with God, the Holy Spirit. He was the model. When I read the scriptures, I never read about a day that he was in lack. No. He never lacked anything. Matter of fact, every situation he brought increase. When they lacked in food, what did he do? He multiplied it. So could it be that one of the areas of fruit that should be produced from a believer's life is that their ability to have increase and bring increase anywhere they go? Yeah, that's the, I reference when there's wisdom and miracles. Wisdom, the wisdom piece brings the multiplication. Mm. You know, every industry is looking for wisdom. Like, how do we do this? How do we make it better? How do we scale so this thing out? You know, and, and a lot of businesses, honestly, are looking to psychics. They're paying a ton of money for psychics. I'm like, where in the world's the church and all this? Wow. Where we have the solutions to bring that wisdom piece that unlocks something really tangible. So Not good. just a, a quote-unquote spiritual thing, but something very tangible. That's so good. Oh, I want to see this thing just <laughs> uprooted. There's reformation coming. Come on, we're gonna we're, we're gonna see this reform, oh, yeah. this mindset. Oh, this is so amazing. And you referenced the story of Jesus feeding the people, right? Yep. It's one part of that we might miss is he was taking them further away from the markets mm. as he was teaching. He was taking them away from the place that they normally would feed out of wow the open markets wow so it's like he's taking them away from their the place of their tangible physical place where they would go wow and he knew exactly what he was doing and then when he goes to multiply this this is the thing that's always stood out to me it's like he didn't multiply the food and there was a pile of it and then he said all right disciples just take a pile and throw it into the crowd it didn't multiply until they walked into it. So there's a place of faith in us. That's good. That we've got to walk into this stuff. It's not just going to magically, you know, you reference too of, well, I'll start giving when the money's there. Yep. It's like, that, it's not, doesn't work that way. Yep. Like you got to take that little bit of bread and a little bit of fish and walk into a crowd where it seems like there is not enough. That's good. But it's going to begin to multiply as you partner with God and walk into it. Wow. You know, I, I think that's interesting because you said it, you know, the whole thing that he came, like earlier you said that you gave some really uh, good foundation about like, hey, Jesus wasn't poor. We, I mean, I've heard so many people teach that and that he was poor. But another perspective is like, he always brought increase. He didn't have any need. Why Why did he, at what, some people would say poor, but he lived without was, but I mean, think about it. He didn't lack food because he can multiply it. I mean, every funeral he goes to, he ruins. Mm -hmm. Where there was death, he brought life. I mean, he brought increase to everything because he lacked nothing. Yeah. And could that be the normal Christian life? Is that when we can actually come to that place 
And that mindset where we know we lack nothing. I mean, confidence to me is the consequence of oneness. When I know I'm fused to Christ, Mm -hmm. I can be confident in all things. That's good. So it's like whatever's happening, whatever fact is in front of you, we have a lot of facts that are in front of us, but not every fact is true. So sometimes we have to look at the fact and say, I appreciate the fact today, but I don't live in this world, so I have to apply the truth to the fact. So good. And it's just, you, you can't help but be fruitful when you truly are aware of oneness, because Jesus even said, hey, there's branches, which is us, and there's a tree. Does a tree produce fruit, or does a branch? Mm, that's good. A branch doesn't produce fruit. The tree wow. does. The branch just bears the fruit that the tree produces. It's that's not true. even your job to produce fruit. It's just to bear the fruit <laughs> Come on, that he is producing. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like confidence is the consequence of oneness. Like the more aware I become that I've been made one with him, 1 Corinthians mm-hmm. six seventeen. those that are joined to the Lord Jesus are one spirit with him. You can't get any closer to him than one. That's good. You've been made one. That's the place of security. That's the place of abundance. It's all flowing from oneness. Wow. What are some practicals that you can give right now for the listener to step from if they're recognizing that they have these mindsets of scarcity and and come into a place of security? What are just some practical things that you could do or that you did from coming yeah. out of that, that, that mindset? Start with asking the father, when did I start believing wrongly about money? Wow. When did that start? It might be a memory. It might be something that happened with a parent a situation, you know, whatever it might be. And then in that memory, ask, ask God, well, what did I start believing in that moment? That's good. And what's the truth? And then for some of us, we don't believe it 100% in that moment. So just be honest with where you're at. <laughs> and so frame it this way. Like if you're not 100%, I'm coming to understand that my father is abundant. I'm That's coming good. to understand that he's my provider. That's and I think good. another piece is... Honestly, just declaring out loud, I enjoy money. Mm. I like money. It's not not the love of money. It's like if you can't see money as just something to be used, and I like that. Like, look, I I use workout equipment, so I like it. (laughs) Not every day, but it's like you like it, right? You're using stuff. If you're riding a bike that you like, well, you like the bike. You're just using the bike. It's the same thing with money. If you can't say, I like money, there has to be a shift. Mm. So it's, it's money is just for the purpose of being used to advance the kingdom, to supply our needs in the earth. That's all it is. That's so good. So Brian, any last thoughts on this, this whole just conversation about scarcity to security you have? Yeah, I just want to declare the verse again, Deuteronomy 8.18. He's given you power. It's a power that is very specific and it's a power to create wealth. Mm-hmm. And it's not spiritual riches. He's talking about money. Wow. And I think another part, just to pray for the Father's Father, I just I accept the power that you've given me to create wealth. Mm-hmm. I want the city to rejoice. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, I know probably some of you are like, well, are we just supposed to all be rich and have yachts and private jets? It's like, that's not at all what I'm talking about. Yeah. The purpose, again, of abundance is to be a giver. That's good. It's to let it just, it's like your hands are open, your fingers are open, and the money just runs through. It doesn't have a hold on you, and you even don't really have a hold on it. It just flows through you. 
Wow. That's the whole purpose of this. Man, I, I feel the presence of God right now. Like, <laughs> you just said something, it just shifted. Could you just pray right now? Just lead us in a prayer because I, I feel like there's a tangible impartation right now. I can mm. feel it. I thank you, Father. You're not only loving, you're a provider. And I thank you, Father, for the abundance that comes from who you are. It's just who you are. Yeah. It's, it's not even that you're simply a provider. You are provision itself. And I thank you more than anything. You have provided a way mm-hmm. back to you. Thank you, Jesus, for the finished work of Christ. We feast on the fact that you died for us. We died with you. We were buried with you. We were raised to new life with you. We ascended with you at the right hand of the Father. We are sitting in the place of complete and utter abundance. And I speak to any mindset that is rooted in fear, that is rooted in lack, that is rooted in scarcity. Let there be light. I pray right now to every listener, let there be light. It would be exposed for what it is. Anything that's tried to restrict you, constrict you, suppress, compress, depress you, I declare opening up of those things that you begin to function the way you were supposed to function as a son and daughter of God, that you have a father who longs to provide. He delights in your prosperity. He takes delight in your prosperity, that we're to prosper in all ways, that our soul would prosper, that our health would prosper, that our finances would prosper. So any constricting belief, let it be uprooted right now. Let there be light. Let there be light. And I just declare great financial breakthrough for those. I feel like there's two people specifically that are listening right now. You have sown seed and the Father has saw and he's bringing reward to you. In two weeks, I see reward coming to you. Wow. It'll be completely unexpected. And it's just the Father going to lavish on you. And what he's saying to you through this is, I can trust you with more because I saw you with little. And so I pray for all of us, wherever we are, the moment we, whatever we have today, just steward what you have today. Release it out. Let your fingers, your hands be open. And I thank you, Jesus. You became poor so that we could become rich. You have paved a way for us to walk in prosperity so that the city rejoices, that the nations are blessed, and that the kingdom is advanced. In Jesus' name. Come on. And I just want to release something. We were just in Australia, and I had gotten a word of knowledge. Man, it's so thick in here, bro. (laughs) Uh, I got a word of knowledge for a person who had just uh, lost $10,000, like it was taken from them. Mm. And uh, this person stood up and, and we started praying. And the word of knowledge is that the, that supernaturally it was going to be restored to them. And that night, the person got to $10,000. The word was to restore $10,000, but God restored it with interest. So they got $20,000 wow. deposited. Well, a person that was there actually shared this testimony and the testimony happened again. $20,000. I just got a message, Facebook message from a man who got restored back pay. And so I just declare because the Lord is just that good. And I declare over yeah. those right now that where there's been money that has been promised to you, inheritances, uh, you know, just any any form of money that has been taken from you, that's been robbed, that's been held up. Mm-hmm. We ask a release of that and that there'll be testimonies from this podcast of money being restored to your bank accounts, that you would see the same thing. God is not a respecter of person. So as this uh, lady received her breakthrough supernaturally, that you would see it too, because this is, he's just a good father and he wants to do that. 
that in Jesus' name. We want to hear the testimonies, uh, whether from Brian or from uh, me. Make sure to reach out to us. You can uh, check out our website, MatthewGonzalez.com. Email us. We want to hear the testimonies. So, Brian, one of the things I love that you have, you have some online resources. Uh, you also do a mindset uh, mindset legacy uh, uh, course, and uh, it's an e course. And also, you do yeah. uh, you travel and you actually do weekends with that, which is uh, amazing. But I've been deeply impacted. Actually, you walked me through breaking a, a mindset of fear. I had remember I had a uh, I was uh, for a season I was I was traveling. I would get anxiety anytime I would face turbulence on the airplane, and mm. it was just it was weird. I never dealt with it. Also, I started dealing with it. And I remember one time coming and and we were actually at Sprouts. I, I was going to, I think it might have been the same time I was ministering. It was one of the times I came yeah. down to ministry in San Diego, went to Sprouts. We're sitting in the car. I'm just opening up, being vulnerable with you, talking about this. And you just kind of do what you do so best. You said, hey, you know what? Fear is not of the kingdom and you don't need fear. And so you said, hey, ask the Holy Spirit. You did some of the some of the tools that you uh, give on the Mindset Legacy course. And so I found out, Holy Spirit took me back to a time where I saw my father cry when my brother Zach was born. He was born one pound, one ounce. And a lie came in about premature death. And that's where the mm. fear came in, that I was going to die before my time. And so you walked me through this whole process and it broke and haven't had that fear or an anxiety attack since. Come on. And so I say that because you have some amazing resources. I know you're an author, uh, but you have some amazing resources uh, with that. How can people get a hold of you? Uh, also, you have an online uh, Facebook group that yeah. you started. Can you just share with the listeners some of the resources you have available right now, how they can find you, how they can get a hold of you, how they can attend or sign up for one of your online uh, courses? Yeah, you can go to iborm, I-B-O-R-M-E dot com. That's my website. It has all my resources. You can get all my books there. All my books are on Amazon as well. But oh, come the on. course, Mindset Legacy e-course is there. And you can go at your own pace. It's a lifetime access. I also do things called Mindset Legacy Summits. I'm doing one here pretty soon. And it's an all-day event connected to the course. And then I also do, with a good friend of mine, Arun Chandani, a mystical mentorship, which is a year-long mystical mentorship in a Facebook group. And we do some Zoom chats, just helping people process through the, the beautiful and the bizarre Wow. That God's doing. Come on. I love it. Y'all check out his resource. They've deeply blessed me and I know they'll bless you. Brian, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast today. There's many conversations we have. We're going to have to do a couple more of these. (laughs) I'm sure the listener are going to love just having you back on an episode. So guys, thank you for joining us today on the Matt and Des experience. Until next time, we're out. Be blessed. Peace. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.